Okay, so I have had the honor of calling this guest a friend since the 90s. Uh, I first knew him as a kid that drew really well, uh, that had the same name as me. Uh, when I finally saw his artwork on display in our high school, I was blown away. Now, since that time, we have had a ton of adventures spanning from New York to Japan, uh, battling the Vex and Cobal in outer space. <laughs> um, I would like to welcome a hero I call by their first name, Phil. going on man yes hello thank you thank you for having me <laughs> this is this is great um yeah yeah I, I, we've we've had a lot of adventures and, and our our friendship spans the the sort of legendary status of you know frodo and aragon and <laughs> gandalf you know like from the depths to the to the the highest ascension of of anything that anybody can yeah, think man. of we were oh. friends before Metal Gear Solid came out <laughs> on, on, the, on the PlayStation One, man. Yeah, yeah, and and you know we have we have a the group of you guys even go back further than that. So I was yeah. already I kept I came into the party I came into the story when there was such a rich history already established, and that's kind of what I enjoyed the most about being friends with you guys is because I was getting and you guys never withheld the information you you told your story and your lore with such honesty and one and <laughs> yeah. such inclusiveness that I I, I was, could not not be friends with you guys yeah know? man I mean yeah I think it was just it was just like it just everything just clicked you know yeah um, yeah for sure and I think you know uh, back back then you know it was still not not a lot of people like to admit it today but being a black kid into Star Trek or into comics or into video games or into metal was not was not cool and it, it and, um, yeah it was definitely uh, you know not only black but just you know uh, being a like a Latino kid whatever uh, and um, a minority of any flavor really yeah you were you were um you were a unicorn in a way and not yeah. in the good way yeah. <laughs> like you know you you were not it was kind of frowned upon mm -hmm. you know it was. um. Yeah, it, the, the kids nowadays don't know how good they actually have it that mm -hmm. uh, pop culture has embraced and and righted its course uh, in a lot of ways. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, man. Um, so, you know, like the, this, this, pod, this podcast um, is just, you know, kind of just celebrating, you know, our friendship um, and, uh, you know, just uh, having um, having a chance to well for for me to, to get to know you a, a little bit better so um <laughs> you know before we kind of talk about like our, our history and, and what made us friends um mm -hmm. can you just uh you know share a little bit about you know um what made you uh like an artist because that's that's how i first met you um that's was like right. the first thing was like holy shit man this guy <laughs> just like dripping with talent man so so yeah, yeah man like when did you first pick up a, a pencil or a pen or an exacto knife like wow yeah, can you just um... that, it's funny you bring up the exacto knife thing because there's actually <laughs> a story behind that but um no uh geez let me start let me try and start at, at mostly the beginning so i was born right no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no 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 really um my 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 mother and father were both both artists and i okay. uh, i really equate my talents and the the specificity of my talents on both of them my father was an architect and he was studying to go to like cooper union 
and my mother was a fine artist. So when I started drawing, um, something happened and people, people kind of like, they still say it to this day that like, I'm a good draftsman, but yet I create very, um, out of this world conceptualized things, but they're, they're drafted really well, super clean. A lot of times when you have people who are fine artists, they tend to be, um, very messy and, and it's kinetic. Not, I shouldn't even say messy. It's just kinetic. They, they mm -hmm. put a lot of energy into their, their art and that's how they move forward. Um, with myself personally, I do create, uh, surrealistic images, or at least I used to, um, as my basis for when I started, uh, but they were very calculated, very, very precise. Um, I, of course, at a very early age was obsessed with H.R. Giger, um, from yeah. seeing the movie Alien. Yeah, I was going to ask about that later. Yeah. 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 I, I had, um, uh, you know, because my parents were also well-versed in art and tools of art, I used to be able to bring pieces of art to them and ask them, like, look, how did they make this? And, you know, my mom and okay. They would look and they would go, hmm, my dad one time, he looked at H.R. Giger's stuff and he goes, well, that's definitely airbrush. So I'm like, from the child's mind, I'm like, a brush made of air? How is this possible? <laughs> what, is, what is this insane What's magical science? Like, yeah. your head just starts spinning with this idea of what, what these things could be. And I, I tried everything in my power to replicate that from, from acrylic paint and, and smearing finger paints and stuff. And one day I discovered that a ballpoint pen, if I, if I take my time, like really take my time, I can replicate these um, almost airbrushed images. And that, was, that brings me to about the, the time frame where I met you and everyone else. Okay. And so th that's, that's how like that... What, 97? Yeah. yeah the, 96, my, yeah. Yeah, it might have been 97, 98. Um, but like that was the imagery that like... Um, I think when when you guys had finally first approached me and, and asked me who I was and stuff like that was after the the gallery show in in Brentwood where I did have some of my my pen and ink drawings in that and uh, yeah but um outside of that I have had an unbelievable amount of influences as far as and and have been unbelievably lucky to be in the right places at the right times and been given opportunities by people who didn't know me from Adam, but kind of mm -hmm. saw the, um, kind of saw a little potential. So they were, they were, they took a gamble. They took a risk. I'm, I'm 15 years old and people mm -hmm. are like, here, do this concept art or, or here, we're going to teach you how to, how to color comic books for, for. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That, that was like the, what he's doing work for Marvel. What yeah. Phil. That, that whole thing has come full circle. I mean, it, it's insane to me because um, as I was, you know, when we, when we approached the, the question of the protest, but uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I had um, the, the, the gentleman, Chris Sotomayor, who I worked under uh, when I was 15 as, as a, an apprentice coloring at Marvel, he actually joined me and my wife and Hugo and Galen and all these other people wow. at, at the first protest. And it, in a lot of ways, we were all feeling frustrated. We were all feeling helpless. And I remember we were talking and I was like, hey man, look, we're going to do this protest. Why don't you come? And ever since then, he's been, it, it like reinvigorated him. But that's, wow. that's neither here nor there. Let's, let's, I just want to talk about the full circle of this. Yeah, yeah. So he's been working on a book currently called The Question. 
Okay. And it's illustrated by Bill Sienkiewicz, who, back when I was in um, elementary school, there was a, a, a project that we had where it was like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Mm-hmm. So they wanted you to kind of be like, what career path do you want to take? I think I was in maybe like fifth grade. What is your career path? What do you want to do? I said, fine, I want to be an artist. Uh, uh, so I wanted so badly to reach out to H.R. Giger. That's how obsessed I was as a kid with this man wow. and, um, and his artwork. And there's, at the time, there was no internet. There was, my parents had no clue how to, <laughs> how to reach out to a, a world-famous fine artist who designed one of the most iconic movie monsters in Hollywood history mm-hmm. since the mm-hmm. Universal mm-hmm. Uh, Pictures. But instead, my mom gave me one of her books from SVA. And when you graduate from SVA, they, they create a lookbook, sort of mm-hmm. like sort a of Facebook like- kind of thing, and they distribute it. And in this book, you will have a single piece of art with contact information. I think the book was called RSVP. And mm-hmm. you can still find copies of them. I think I still have the copy of my mom's uh, one. It almost looked like a notepad. It had a spiral binding. It was really well done, but it was heavy stock paper. But I came across this picture of Daredevil and Electra getting married, and there's these little Cupid things around him, around them, and that was Bill Sienkiewicz. And I was, mm-hmm. I was completely, instantaneously, that was, that was it for me. I was like, that too. That, that, I need to acquire that skill. I need to draw like that. Because okay. it was cartoonish and all this. Right. So he's working on this comic called The Question. Bill Sienkiewicz did the, the, um, the, uh, the inking. Dennis Cohen, who is a, a legendary uh, illustrator as well. I want to make sure I get this right. I'm pretty sure Dennis Cohen is doing the, the pencils. Bill Sienkiewicz is inking. And then Chris Sotomayor is the colorist. Okay. So I, st- I took a subscription of The Question. And I, I've been collecting them. Uh, of course, with time and things like that, you don't get time to read the comics. So I've, I've been buying comics, but I haven't been reading them. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, man. It happens, man. It and happens. I only have Video like games, three titles. Mm-hmm. You always end up with a backlog because the life gets in the way. You're not, yep, you're yep. not a teenager anymore. You don't have eight hours or ten hours of downtime in your day. <laughs> but after the, the protest that I went to with the speech, at one point when the question came out, I asked Chris, I was like, dude, do you think it's possible – if you signed a copy for me, if we just mailed it around to like Sienkiewicz and Cohen and see if they'll, they'll sign it for me. And Chris goes, well, you know, it's kind of difficult because Sienkiewicz is really like, um, he's a very private dude and he's very busy. And he's very like intense. So the chances of that are really slim. But, you know, we'll see. Time went by, never happened. I end up doing this, the, the, the protest, I end up doing the speech, which drew in 3,500 people. It was a huge, massive protest in Seville. Chris presented me with a signed print from the, get, the question signed by himself, Dennis Cohen, and Bill Sienkiewicz. And that, that broke me, dude. Like, I, wow. I cried like a baby because here it was. This, was. this was everything coming back full circle. Everything that I've done as an artist coming back full circle. So, yeah, my influences, what got me into, into uh, comics – artwork in general every single facet of who i became was was solely based on uh people willing to give me a shot yeah um and i was very lucky and those things that started it all have never left me they they still exist in my in my world and in my life so growing up i always told people especially in art college, you know, people are like, well, I want to work for this person. I want to work for that person. And I, 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 from what I know about Gene Segarra, who was one of my, my instructors when I was younger 
and Chris Sotomayor and stuff, they came from a group of like-minded artists that all okay. came up at the same time. You have to look at the people around you. Those are the people you're going to be working with, your peer group. Yeah. Or the, the, they're going to be the, the, the workers of tomorrow, and you have, to, you have to adhere to them as much as you adhere to everything else that's around you. So that's why it, it's, it's been really important that I've, I've stayed in touch with people like you and other people from Brentwood High School and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it's been an interesting ride. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's, you know, um, it's like a lot, you know, um, I, yeah, as, as you know, I'm, I'm a teacher and, um, you yes. know, a lot of what you kind of talk about, of, it's like your journey mm-hmm. of, um, you know, the people like that you, yeah, that inspired you, that, you know, helped you. It's all kind of goes back to like this theory of, um, you know, a zone of proximal development where mm. you... It's like three different circles. So like the, the middle circle is things that you can do uh, on your own. Yes. And the uh, circle out of you are things that you, that you can do with help. Yes. And then the third circle is things that you can't do even with help. But, the, but that inner circle grows more and more outward into the circle that you can do with help. And then you can do it on your own. And then mm-hmm. that circle and expands. And it's, and it's, yeah, you just kind of explained, you know, like from your childhood... You know your parents. They, you you ask them like, what 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 is this? And they're like, they were giving you like like terms and and, mm-hmm. and and explaining things. And you've just have grown and grown. And yeah, man, it's 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 beautiful, man. You know, and and even even today, your circle is still uh, expanding. You know, yeah, yeah. these yeah. these uh, it's this, it's an artistic community. It's also another another thing called community of practice. And just kind mm. of how you mentioned being uh, within a community of 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 people with shared values and, sh- and shared goals, you know, yes. it, 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 you know, gives you, it motivates you and, and, you know, allows you to, to, to continue to, you know, um, you know, learn and, and, and grow. So, yeah. Yeah, it's man. That's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was, it, awesome, yeah, man. absolutely. Like I, I, of course, when you look back at your life, there's always regrets, but I feel like there's, there's been so much, I've been handed so much and, and given so many opportunities that like, I have a hard time looking back in anger at the people around me. I mean, circumstances are circumstances, but I have really been lucky yeah, with man, the think, people yeah. that I, I've been exposed to and the people who have who valued me over the years, yeah. including my friends. I mean, look at us now sitting here doing this <laughs> podcast, which yeah. is, is great. I mean, I love it. But um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll, let me give you the, the side story about the exacto knife. Okay, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. My father... He has taught me so much about the the workman and the craftsman side of things. So that's how I learned how to build things and stuff. But when I was about six or seven years old, this man gave me a full exacto knife set and <laughs> balsa wood so I can carve things because I was obsessed oh, with carving things. Phil, the it is it is by the grace of. God, that I have all my digits still. I I have scars everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I have I have you know. But it's funny. It's just funny you brought up Exacto knives because I was given one at a very early age. My daughter's yeah. five, and I would I would not no even no. consider giving her something next year. No, like that. if I had if I had a child, I would not give it an Exacto knife at seven years old and some oh, balsa man. wood. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like he got he got me the set and went. 
here yeah, and I just I mean. yeah, run yeah, off. Walked away. Yeah. He sat me down and he said, always cut away from you. Always make sure your hands out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Give me the razor. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I was cutting down GI Joe guns and things like, and I would wow. slip and all oh, forget it. Forget yeah. it. That, yeah. It's going back to this theory called self-determination theory. And, mm. um, that's just a really extensive theory. It's a huge book. Really? Um, and uh, it just goes, it's about like uh, human motivation. And um, what it says is that we need nu- nutrients kind of to, to grow. So we need, uh, you know, relatedness, like kind of what you talked about, the community. Uh, yes. Competence, which is that we have to feel that we are making a difference in what we're doing. Right. Um, and then finally, autonomy is that freedom. And that seems what your dad did exactly. He was like, he gave you the tools, <laughs> gave yeah. you the freedom. Yeah. You know, um, you know, he was there for support, but he let you just go nuts. And uh, yeah. yeah, man, I'm sure I'm sure, you know, you know, I, I know your parents. I know they're really proud of you. And, and uh, so it looks like it worked out, man. Maybe I maybe I should uh, get May an exact. <laughs> oh, no, no, I don't suggest it at all, because as uh, well, much I'm as an architect, so I, I don't think it'll work too well. I don't know well, you know, the it. other thing is just that, you know, <laughs> you got to keep in mind that that circle of autonomy started getting smaller and smaller as the older I got and the more I could handle power tools. Oh no, there, there were accidents that went far beyond yeah. and they were like really encouraging me like, Oh yeah, you can do this. You can do that. And then I would get hurt and they're like, Oh, he's not allowed to use that anymore. I got, I, I got my hand caught in a belt sander once. Like oh my God. you just, there's just things that, you know, I wanted to do things and they weren't always around to be like, my dad wasn't always around to be like, yo, you shouldn't do it that way. I had yeah, a glove yeah, on yeah. and the glove pulled my hand into the, to the oh my gosh. sanding belt. But he would have told me, he'd be like, don't do it with the glove, the glove. on. Come yeah, on. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, yeah, man. <laughs> Th- uh, thanks for sharing so much of about course. like just, um, you know, how you, how you came up and how things have gone, gone full circle. Um, Thank you. Yeah, man. So, um, so yeah, like we kind of um, talked about the early influences and stuff. Um, yes. So, um, so, so this is, I guess this next I guess topic I would like kind of talk about is kind of like the the events in your life. I've I've you know mm. we've been friends a long time obviously, <laughs> and we've definitely been through you know seen each other have you know some events. Um, you know mm-hmm. you, you don't have to share every, you know everything, but um, you know so what are some like happenings or you know things that um, shifted uh, your kind of you know, you can take it in any direction you want. It can just mm. like your artistic self or your life trajectory. Uh, it could be like with schooling. You know, I know, you know, you have a lot of uh, history with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some of events that have, that have. Good and bad, good and, good, good and bad. Um, changed but, the yeah. course of, of my uh, approach to being an artist. Artist or, you know, just, you know, life. A, a, just any life in like general. Like, yeah, sure. anything, any, anyway. Sure, Um Wow, I that's that's a loaded question because there's Sorry, there's man. a no no that's fine I'm just I'm just trying not to keep everybody for like three hours because <laughs> I could I could tell you stuff and yeah it'd be crazy but well, we, we, know, we only talk for twenty minutes man so we got about forty more so okay uh, okay it, well yeah. I'll, I'll I'll still keep it brief um yeah yeah you know there were there were a lot of um events that happened that um they happen fast because you're when you're growing up you're sometimes you're forced to grow up a little faster than you're, um, you're used to, which is fine. Um, but the thing is all these little, um, uh, what people would consider, uh, missteps 
mm-hmm. are really course correcting you towards your destiny oh, for one reason or another, okay. right? I like that. I like that. Yeah. It, it, it's true because if you, if you try to like, and I think about this often, like, what would it be like? I always like, you know, like imaginatory things like, you know, what would it be like to wake up as say, for example, you know, seven-year-old you so you don't have to go mm-hmm. through that whole thing where you're, you're crapping your pants and, and people are carrying <laughs> you around and all you know learning the walk forget all that yeah, but yeah. imagine waking up with total cognizance that you have now but you're like mm-hmm. seven years old yeah what what would you do like the mm. things that you would do like first of all i would invest in a ton of toys like toys r us and stuff and like you know buying a bunch of stuff that i know is going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars like later, <laughs> just you know, buy them put in the closet yeah but like, yeah and just hide like, them what are, hide what them are you never doing? give them up like, yeah, like mom trust me the, yeah like the kid is weird <laughs> the kid is, is weird he works this the stock market right he's there. 10 years old like why does why is he so obsessed with apple like what is wrong with him <laughs> Don't worry. This 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 is this uh, Macintosh is going to be something completely different. In, uh... One of these days, you'll mark my words and just be really creepy. But um, no, honestly, honestly, it, it, it's true. Like, but there's a tightrope to be walked there mm-hmm. because everything that you do will alter, even though even though you don't want it to. It's it's the classic delicate sound of thunder story. I think it's Isaac Asimov that wrote that where. The, the, the rich people can go back in time through the time tunnel and mm. they can witness dinosaurs, but they're not allowed to touch anything. And somebody steps on a, a, butterfly, a butterfly or a bug yeah, and it yeah, messes yeah. up everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no matter what you do, you can't change uh, or you can drastically change your, your outcome. So you mm. can't ride the wave of what it was that you wanted to be or lead yourself to the same destination if you if you alter your your future at all. So things that you consider missteps are actually important. So um, there was a time where uh, I was going to private school and I had an altercation. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to dragnet this. So all the names and everyone's going to remain innocent. Uh, But, you know, I had an altercation that ended up in my removal from said school. Mm -hmm. And I had to, I had to then attend public school, Mm -hmm. which I have always been exposed to public school uh, kids, mm-hmm. you know, knowing like I lived in give everybody because I'm talking to you like we're we're friends forever. You know my history. But I, I lived in Queens, but I went to school in Long Island and in really affluent areas in Long Island. Thanks to my parents who tried really hard yeah. and much to their chagrin, I, I just blazed a trail of bad things. Um, <laughs> but um, at one point, I was removed from said school and had to uh, attend public school. And um, that changed everything. So there was a point where I was witnessing a lot of violence. I was witnessing a lot of disparagement and just terrible things happening to these kids and the lack of anybody even caring about them to the point where I essentially, for all intensive purposes, had dropped out of school. I became Shinji Akari. I am not kidding. I was Shinji Akari. This is why uh, Neon Genesis resonated so well with me, because I used to ride the New York City subway and listen mm-hmm. to my, my, my Walkman or my CD player. Mm-hmm. Same albums over and over again, tapes over and over again. When I reached the end of the, the line, turn around and go back. And I rode almost every elevated train in the New York City subway system, just to see, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, a big turning point because when I, when I finally got to Brentwood, because essentially my parents had realized that somehow they were losing their, ch- their, their son, I never really got into too much trouble. I got into trouble here and there, but nothing, nothing really bad, not landing yeah. in jail or anything. But 
you know, they were, they were concerned. They knew I wasn't going to school. They, and my, they, they kind of knew the reasons why, cause they knew yeah. it was dangerous. Um, so that, because of that, that thing that was pretty much a misstep and, and bad choices, if I never made that bad choice, if I never had that, that, um, that altercation, I wouldn't be here talking with you in specific yeah. right now, yeah. Yeah. because then I ended up going to Brentwood and Brentwood, like I explained to everyone, Brentwood was such a special place to grow Dude, up. Man, like pretty much this whole first season of uh, these interviews is everybody's from Brentwood pretty much. Yeah. And, and I think everyone's going to get a real education on how, how special and diverse and and like struggle and strife and 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 all these crazy things going on, but it was it was done in such a Goonies kind of way. It was like Goonies <laughs> yeah, meets great, Boys yeah, in the great, Hood, yeah, you know, like yeah. you you you, yeah, man. you, you true, could man. find One Eye Willie's treasure, but or you could get also shot. get shot <laughs> while doing it. Like this, it's not the Fratellis, man. Like it's it's yeah. like serious stuff. Like things yeah, can happen. Yeah. So you know. That that's to give you at least one example of what it's like, of of you know never never to take bad things that happen to you in your life and think that this is it because it's never it the story's never written the ink is never dry you will always always have a new adventure unless of course you know the Fratellis get you in you get shot and then <laughs> that's it yeah but other than that you you're 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 still alive you're still yeah, breathing yeah. everything's good yeah. and and you will even though it seems really dark there's always a new adventure to be had mm -hmm. yeah. um but yeah that's 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 the long and the short of that in general <laughs> nice man yeah no it's it's um yeah it's just that that's I, that's really like uh prolific uh, I think that's the word. What you said, man. Like every misstep is kind of like a step towards your destiny, man. Something. I'm pretty sure I can't coin that phrase. I'm okay. sure that I have heard that somewhere else, Some written in literature. Something. Somebody, somebody else in history has got to have said that once or twice, and I might have read it in a greeting card. I don't know, but like, <laughs> it stuck with me. Whatever it is, it stuck with me, and here it is. I'm regurgitating it. So yeah, okay, I cool, can't man. coin that, but <laughs> awesome, man. So yeah, man. Um, wow, man. I think. Uh, you have said a lot, and it's only been 26 minutes, 27 Really? Minutes. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> um, Look, so, ask away. I'll, yeah. <laughs> do I'll do better. I'll try harder. <laughs> no, no, this is great, man. Um, no, it's okay. So I don't want... I, I think uh, I like to fast forward a little bit into okay. the into the 2000s, but then I'd definitely like to go back until the to, to the early uh, 2000s, but I definitely want to kind of push a little bit further into the future uh, right. to when you were in Japan. Right, um, right. So, you know, I remember lots, I remember doing lots of Call of Duty, I think Gears, lots of sure. cigarette breaks. Sure. <laughs> Talking I, about I life. got highly addicted to mild seven cigarettes, which were $3 <laughs> yeah. a pack. And you, wow, you can't beat yeah. that. Because when you got back to the States, everything was $13. And I was yeah. like, my God, I miss mild sevens. <laughs> they were amazing. Nothing, yeah, nothing in the States here can replicate that, um, what Camel Crush has done, where they they have like the the ball that breaks. I remember when I was in Japan, they used to have um the advertisements in the subway of the guy getting hit with a bucket of ice water. Yeah, and it was yeah. like mild sevens. This is what it, this is where it's at. And it's like I was like, yo, I gotta know what that's about. And it, <laughs> it just it tasted amazing. Like they were yeah. just phenomenal cigarettes. Yeah. And then yeah. I come back to the states, and there's, there's been nothing like it. Nothing. I mean, nothing, I don't yeah. I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. I I generally yeah, vape. me neither. Yeah. Yeah, but man, 
I, if there was ever a gold standard, which is funny because they yeah. were so cheap, but the gold standard of cigarettes. I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm... man. If you know, if I make it to 80, man, I'm gonna I'll start smoking again. You know, I'm like what I got you know? like, what, 10, 15 years left. Fuck it, man. Yeah, like who's gonna like what? What am I saving up for? Like really? I, oh, you know it. You know, you know I'm going back, and I'm going back hard, man. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> Oh man! So, um, <laughs> so there was uh, there were two times that uh, we you know um, met in Japan. The first time, yeah, um, you know, uh, if you want to get into the the whole you know history with that, but I remember what I wanted to ask you about was that was when um, the first time I played Xbox. Was it? Yeah, I was, um, and you had like the the the. The, the high definition TV, probably 720p or something, maybe maybe 1080p. Okay. And that blew me away. But what also blew me away at the time was that you said that you won a contest designing the Xbox uh, face. The, the, the One face. of the face plates. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can you, yeah, can you talk that about was that a little story. bit? Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, that you want to talk about missteps and synchronicity and, and oddball <laughs> stuff that happened, yeah. man, that story has so much history, but we'll, we'll start somewhere in the middle. Okay. Um, I'm at a, I'm at a party for, a a store that's opened up. There's a, a famous store in, in, um, in Manhattan that's called toy Tokyo. And mm-hmm. I, at the time I yeah, was, yeah. A, I was, a uh, just, I basically worked in the shop. I'd answer people's questions and stuff. And, you know, I had enough knowledge and know-how for toys that they were just like, wow, yeah, you could just wander around the floor, make sure nobody steals anything and tell them about the toys. So it was a great job. I didn't get paid much, but it was a great job. And it exposed me to a lot of different people. So they opened up another location, which was called High Five Mm -hmm. in um, like H-I hyphen five, like the numeral five uh, in um, the not the village in, um, I think more closer to Dumbo, Brooklyn. It was like a Brooklyn location. Okay. Um, and at this party, every heavy hitter in the toy design industry in the States was there and present. So I was seeing all these names and faces and all these other things. And, um, a lot of my, a lot of my, my, uh, future career, Mm -hmm. excuse me, in the, um, in the custom toy scene came from this, this, this one party at that night. Um, but most importantly, uh, I was introduced by this, this artist, his name is Tristan Eaton. He's pretty world famous. Uh, his brother, Matt is such a nice guy. He is like the most inviting. Whenever you see somebody at a party mm-hmm. or we were at a party and, and Matt was there, you always found him talking to, the person who was quiet in the corner, the person who just seemed a little like maybe uncomfortable, maybe a little nerdy. Nobody wanted mm-hmm. to talk to them and stuff like that. So here I am standing in a corner, just like looking around the room, like at all these people, like, oh, my God, look at all these artists, like some of the graffiti artists I, 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 I like recognize and stuff like that mm-hmm. and designers and stuff. And he, the guy comes over to me, this big white dude comes over to me and goes, man, who's this sour looking dude standing in the corner? What's your name? He puts his arm around my shoulder <laughs> and I'm like. 
who the hell is this lunatic? Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm Phil. What's up? He was like, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, you an artist, dude? I was like, you just, you just hanging out, cool as a cucumber. What are you doing? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm sort of an artist. I'm not like these guys here. And he was like, man, forget all that noise. He's like, let me, let me walk you around the room. I'll introduce you to people. Wow. Okay. Great. <laughs> So he starts introducing me to all types of people. I think he introduced me to his brother that night and a bunch of other names. But one of the most important people he introduced me to was this, this gentleman named Eric Orr. Okay. And Eric Orr has an unbelievable history, Phil. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He, he worked with Keith Haring back in the day in the subways. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No, this guy's history is deep. He designed um, Busy Bee's logo. Um, <laughs> Yeah, dude, like, th- when it comes to hip-hop, this guy is, like, he's, he's a legend. He's yeah. a legend. So I meet Eric, and Eric's just, like, this really nice, inviting guy. He's, he's you know, really chill. And he, he just kind of goes to me. He's like, hey, man. He's like, you know, I'm working on this project, right? And he's like, uh, um, Mad Cats is having a contest. He's like, they're, they're letting artists design 360 faceplates. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know what? How would you like to design one? I said, sure. Let me, let me, let me. Give, I'll give it the shot. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. So in a couple of days, he, he okay. gives me a, a blank, um, and I start working on it. Now let's put this in perspective. I work in Astoria, Queens, but I live in New Paltz, upstate New York. That's right. I forgot about that. So I am traveling about out of my day, maybe ten hours. Yeah. On the bus going back and forth, and then when I would get home, I would have four hours to work, sleep, mm-hmm. and then get back, get up in the morning to catch the bus, to go mm-hmm. back out, to catch the train, to go to Astoria, and then walk like nine blocks to work. So yeah. I was literally doing it for the love of it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I create this, this 3D hand-sculpted uh, monster. Mm-hmm. And it I remember basically, it, I remember it, yeah. Yeah, he basically looked like Frankenstein with its brains hanging out and his yeah, face remember, is being propped up with nails and, and things like that to his yeah. skull. The eye still lit up through the, 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 the red ring or the green light. <laughs> his, his, when the little compartment at the bottom where you'd plug in the USB controllers, it made his teeth fold down so it looked like he was biting onto the fucking wires. Cool, yeah. it, was, it was a lot of fun and I just went nuts with it. So it ended up going on display at, uh, I want to say, God, what year was that? 2003, 2004? Um, what is, it? What is the, the major video game uh, convention they have? I'm drawing oh, a blank. E3? E3, yes. E3. It went on display at E3. Now, I went on to win this contest. And the contest was based on uh, people's votes. So you're talking about people walking by who they, they took the time. Oh, Phil, feeling good? Are you kidding me, man? (laughs) I was up against every person that was in that room that night. That was like major names and heavy hitters and all the designers, like every single major designer at the time threw in on this project. And it was either an Xbox 360 faceplate or this screw-on faceplate for the original PSP. And I beat them all. Wow, man. I beat oh, cool, man. everyone. So it was, it was terri- equal parts terrifying mm-hmm. and equal parts like vindicating. Um, and I had a, I, a part of what I won 
was, and this is where the story starts getting sad. Um, <laughs> a part of what I won was I won an Xbox 360, and then I won a, a licensing deal with Mad Cats, where they would they would literally uh, 3D like 3D make that they would make a mold of it or, or recreate it somehow, and it would be sold in Best Buys. I I mean talking about distribution, and I would get royalties from this distribution, like serious royalties. That could have been my moment. I would yeah, have made yeah. a ton of cash on that. Even if they gave me a dollar per yeah, yeah, faceplate yeah. that they produced dope, yeah. and millions all nationwide and all this crazy stuff. Cause it's mad catch, you know, they yeah. just make crap. Yeah. Um, and that brings me to my point. They make crap. So there was a kid who got burned by their cooling fans that they made for the power supply <laughs> on the back of the Xbox. And I, unfortunately talking back and forth with, with Eric, he was like, yeah, man, they had tragedy, dude. He was like, the money that they were going to put into that project for the win has to go to this lawsuit. Like, it got shut down. He was like, but it's a consolation. Here's another Xbox. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I own an Xbox. What are you talking about? Like, what's happening here? You know, no fault on Eric at all. He yeah. he, he handled it like like a uh, you know like a gentleman you know like he he was never never an issue for me it was just so funny it was he apologized it was it was just sad around the yeah. room because i think i think he really he because it was his baby he convinced mad cats to do this and mad cats kind of dropped the ball with their their cheap production <laughs> that's nuts man I it's a funny that, story man. i like that story that story makes me laugh <laughs> But yeah, man, it's just, you know, uh, yeah, dude, it's just, I remember, you know, there's bits and pieces of it, but um, yeah. I remember just like, wow, man, that, that was so cool, man. I remember you telling me, and I was like, whoa, and just seeing yeah. everything come together, um, you know, being a part of that. Yeah, because that was about like 2006, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it when, had to when, be. Yeah, yeah, 2006. It had to be. Yeah. It had to be. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, the, but again, we're, we're talking about all these things and like how life handles you and and the the opportunities you're given because of that i ended up getting a job later on off of that i worked at tristan eaton studio and stuff so again even out of failure even out of like things that could have been i still managed to find some something out of it and and that's why you know if we're if this is meant to inspire anybody else it's it's like dude if you take it on the chin if you take it on the arches you have to still push you still have to see something positive out of out of everything that is pretty much perceived as a failure you know yeah but yeah all right so yeah okay so now i'm gonna press rewind and go back Mm -hmm. uh maybe about six years seven years from that point Mm -hmm. um to behind enemy lines oh boy yeah i knew that was coming up yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i think this for me uh was kind of uh you know a, a paradigm shift uh, in, in my mm. mind mm. that you know you were able to you know really be political uh with your creativity um in, in a way that i just wasn't aware of you know like um right you know for right. me art was always you know i play music and stuff with lots of bands yeah but um for me art was something that was just like cool to look at you know Mm. i I, you know i'm a pretty good drawer you know nothing spectacular um 
but I never, you know, really got got art. Um, right. You know, uh, yeah, until you started, you know, that, you know, brand or whatever you want to call it, kind of this way of thinking. Because, like, you know, H-E-N is such a cool thing because it's, the 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 acronym whatever it, whatever it's called properly right the yeah. third what is the second letter it's uh, the third letter the third of each letter. word yeah yeah. Third, yeah so it's behind yeah it's cryptic yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and I remember that I was yo man that you know that it was like waking up like Neo waking up in the, in the <laughs> oh wow that that's a lot to put on me Phil <laughs> well yeah because no, I just I. You know, yeah. we were what, like no. 17, 18, 19, you know. Yeah, we, you know, in that we in like that time frame. 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, holy shit. And and a lot, you know, I I think I you know, no one said said this, no one had the vocabulary, but I think some some people might have thought it was kind of derivative of, of echo, right? Um Okay. But yeah. it, it was there, there's something about that too, but I'll I'll I'll, yeah. I'll explain that, but go ahead. Yeah, it, it it wasn't. Um and I remember I worked remember I worked at Mr. Rags? Yes, the clothing yes. store, and I would, I was like, "Yo, man, you have to sell it." And then that is kind of when I realized, and I think I'd like to kind of um, uh, touch on that, in like the last like uh, maybe ten minutes or so. Sure, sure. Um, but what I realized was like that making it big, or 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 you know, using artwork, especially um, things that are politically driven or that mm-hmm. were like conscious, was and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong with this, but is what kind of held all of us to some extent back because we were trying to, to you know, be not deep, but we're just trying to, you know, uh, I'll, try, I'll sum, try to sum it really quick. We, sure, we were sure. trying to share our stories. Uh, yes. Be, you know, be put ourselves into our artwork, keep it real, so to yes. speak. Yes. Um, we weren't trying to make money. We weren't trying to be cool. You know, yeah. we were trying to, you know, uh, you know, be us and be it through that artwork. But that is not how the art game was. Maybe it still isn't that way. Yeah. I kind of feel that we were maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 years late or a trust fund <laughs> away from making it. Right. Right. At that well, age, at that age. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Go on. Sorry. No, 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 no. No, it's fine. I just it's like, <clears throat> excuse me. I just wanted to unpack a few things yeah. because you're you're absolutely right. And this is something that has come up a, a number of times in conversations with uh, my my old partners, um, Joe uh, Grisanti and um, and Matt Johnson. Uh, is that we were we were a little bit ahead of our time. Actually, a whole bunch ahead of our time, and you're you're absolutely right that any kind of excessive funding that we could have um, cornered would have been a great help. But it why I say we're ahead of our time is because things now progress so much faster, and the ad hoc um, crowdsourcing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. reality that mm-hmm. we live in makes. My that that idea at the time seemed so much more like oh maybe we just didn't try hard enough. But the yeah. truth was the avenues were not there in the way that they are now. But could you imagine if we had the the same youthful angst 
And it, it is in a lot of ways, again, coming full circle because the world that we live in is very relative and it, and it makes it very um, like, you know, Matt had texted me a while ago and he was like, the world needs behind me lines again. You do <laughs> yeah. realize that, right? And I was like, I do, I do. But I feel like I don't have, my focus has changed um, in a lot of ways and, and certain maturity levels have happened where... Um, I, I feel like I almost feel like a poser if I try and go back and, and revisit that. And, and it's, it's sad to feel that way because I do still have the same uh, mindset. I, I definitely do. I never, I've, nothing's ever changed. I used to warn people about the KKK and stuff like that. And people used to laugh at me. They'd be like, nobody's really burning crosses in the woods anymore and all these. Yeah, I remember, yeah. just to say, man, I remember, um, you know, not to get political or anything, Go but ahead, I remember man, when uh, when uh, Trump won in 2016. Yeah. Talking with Matt, that this is the same Matt. And yes. Yeah, everybody was so surprised, like, what? And we was like, dude, man, if you slide in to Xbox Live between 2004. Yep. And, we and, knew and it was coming. We <laughs> All those 12-year-olds in, in 2006 yep. and 7, man, yep. calling us the N-word yep. every week. Dude, that, that that's why I stopped playing Xbox. No, I, I don't uh, doubt and, it. I and don't I, doubt I, it. I, I started playing PS3 because it was such, you know, it was, dude, I, I, I was called, you know, we were called the N-word every freaking weekend, bro. If Ooh, I had a yeah. dime for every time, a dime, I'd be able to pay, I'd be able to pay my <laughs> rent, like, monthly, yeah. without fail, you know, it's, so anyway, it's, yeah, go on. Yeah, sorry. But, yeah. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, segways are segways. And I, I, of course, I encourage that. I, I love that. You know, we're, we're here to interact. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you want to go, well, let's go back to the early part of your question about it being um, derivative of, of Echo Unlimited. Now, don't get me wrong. I was highly influenced by Mark Echo. I was highly influenced by Tribal and things mm-hmm. like that because there was a time where, um, you know, the graphic tee was so was such a, a statement, mm-hmm. and it was it was what people used to use to express themselves. Dope, we didn't man. we didn't have profiles, we didn't have usernames, we didn't have any of those yep. those exactly. newer identities that have become uh, a mainstay in our in our social interactions. So, creating this this thing, this understanding of the world, and trying to get my own frustrations of, out about mm-hmm. what I was experiencing in the world was what bore, uh, was where Behind Enemy Lines was born. But it was also born out of a bunch of different iterations. So again, everything is relative to you, my peer group, my, um, the people that I met in Brentwood. So there was a, an early attempt at a t-shirt company mm. that was formed that. Of, yeah. of like Adam Ortiz and, and uh, this, this other gentleman, um, uh, Paul, yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Like, there was this whole idea. And the, the reason why I thought it was a viable idea and why I wanted to be a part of it so badly is because a few years prior, I had taken these um, these entrepreneurial courses at this, this place called Nifty, the National Foundation for Entrepreneurship uh, Training or something. So it was like N-F-I-Y-T-E or whatever. I can never remember that. Yeah. Uh, I used to go very early in the morning and I would be half asleep on the train. Um, funny story about how I punched a lady in the face once on, on the train by, by accident because I was asleep. And she was so tired, she didn't even respond. So, yeah, that, that sums up that story really quick. It was funny. Life I was mortified. York, I was mortified and, and, and uh, 
venerated at the same time because she didn't press charges. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so when I went to this course, they trained me. It was about I won a scholarship to it because they wanted to teach young black black uh, children mm-hmm. that starting a business is a viable thing. How to go about it? How to file for? It. So I was the the me and the class that I was in. We were the test subjects, and they came from all over the place. One of the gentlemen would actually work in a, a Mark Echo warehouse. Wow. So he had prototypes of clothing and stuff like that and like crazy stuff. But he wasn't the nicest guy. We got along okay, but he was a little a little elitist, so we didn't get along. Um, you know, I'm very shy. I'm very dorky and stuff. So like <laughs> people like that tend to over overbear on me when I was younger. Now, not so much. But um, no, so I learned that it is a viable way to make money. It is. Uh, with minimal capital startup and stuff. So it was always a goal for me to do this. So fast forward, Paul and Adam. That happened. It, it wanted to happen. It got to a certain point, and then everybody didn't want to do it anymore. So mm-hmm. I um, eventually talked with Lee Ivins, who's a, a part of this, this, this group of people. This, yeah, he's a, he'll be a guest soon as well. Oh, excellent. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Excellent. That yeah. is, I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing that one. Um, but Lee had spoken to me at a party, um, and he was like, hey, man, what's going on with that T-shirt thing? Like, are you guys still doing that? Because he was all about it. He was like, yo, I would love to, fu- to, to be a part of it. And um, I, I, I said, I was like, well, it's not going to happen. Um, they changed their minds, but I had these ideas. And Lee was like, well, tell me your ideas. And then I would tell Lee the ideas, and Lee was like, these ideas are great. Let's do something. And we came up with um, the, these, these sh- shirts that were almost psychological that um explains certain it would have like a, a, a fancy word like malaise mm-hmm. and then it had it would just have an image uh and it we kind of like explain the image I, I there was something about three oranges and stuff it was it was very quote-unquote well, high yeah, yeah. art you know yeah, before juxtaposition yeah. before all this like crazy stuff was going on in the city it was, it was this like idea of high art in t-shirts mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's been done before, but when in our uh, social yeah, we group, didn't know. we're from Brentwood, yeah. In our exposure, <laughs> it just didn't exist. But then when me and Lee, it just never coalesced. But I came up with this idea of the gas mask because there's a Philip K. Dick book called um, "All the Sheep Look Up." Okay. And on the cover it, of yeah. it, there's a bunch of rams or and sheep that are wearing these gas masks, and they're all staring up at the sky. And it, something clicked when I saw that. And I was like, that's it. That's, that's, there's something there. And that's where the idea of the filter came. Because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people ignoring what's going on around them. And I used to, um, I used to write these. Remember in Fight Club when he was talking about writing the haikus, the, the all too specific haikus, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and leaving them randomly around the office? I was doing that, but I was doing it through email. And I used to sit in um, Times Square or Port Authority and I would start describing people around me and what I didn't like about them and, and what, <laughs> what I didn't like about society. And I would literally send it to a ton of people. And it was just <laughs> social commentary. It, it was like Facebook before Facebook kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I was sending it to people that were working professionals. I know Chris Sotomayor had gotten a couple of them. I sent it to my sister and I would always sign them. <laughs> your ever faithful correspondent from behind enemy lines. Like that just became a, a mm. thing for me. And yeah. people used to hit me back with, you know, are you feeling okay? 
Do you need yeah, to talk right. to somebody? Are you feeling <laughs> suicidal? And it's like, no, don't you feel this? Don't you understand yeah. that like there's a certain level of indolence and, and like just people not paying attention to what's going on around them? And it, that's where all this evolved from. And, and yeah. it started becoming, like you said, more political and more political. And to this day, I mean, I went to see my parents um, not too long ago and social distancing and all that stuff. So I had my mom open the back door, open the screen, open the basement door, and I ran through the house, went downstairs, <laughs> and I found some behind me line shirts because I wanted to wear them to the protest because it was kind of yeah, embarrassing. Yeah. Matt Johnson showed up, and he's got a he's got his hen shirt yeah. on, and I'm standing there like a goofball with some random random shirt on. I think I had yeah. like a, a dollar sign with that was made of a snake that's done by this artist named Jonathan Wayshack. I just love it because it's so sub so so subversive. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And it's the only like po- few political shirts that I could wear without having curse words on it or, or mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. offending people. But like the idea of capitalism being this evil thing with iron nails going through it and a, and a python that's ready to, to yeah. strike. Um, so it wasn't too bad. But um, I, I was like, no, I got to have these shirts. I got to have them in my possession. and I have to wear them uh, at these protests because people are starting to pay attention. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was born out of this idea of, of, you know, kind of feeling, feeling out the future that we're currently dealing with. Yeah. Cause even like the, I saw one of your pictures from the protest. I remember that drawing of, of, of the guy. Handcuffed oh boy. That was yeah. shot by the, by the, and that was what, uh, early 2000s maybe yeah, made that. It had and to people be people like, Oh, this is too extreme. And oh, it's like, yeah. this is what's fucking happening, man. Dark stuff. Just, I used to draw. Yeah. 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 No. Go ahead. And I'm it's sure. happening. Yeah. It's it is happening. It's 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 you know, and that's we're, we're protesting. It's just so so on the nose, and and definitely you know, um, I think you know, there's a lot to be said there. I think um, just me uh, looking back at it, and just I never felt it. What your your artwork that was it was too extreme or too explicit. I just remember feeling this is this is what's happening. And yeah. no one, as you said, behind enemy lines, everyone's ignoring it. Yeah. And yeah. And and that's and it was such a bittersweet thing because I know it should have been popping off, should have been bigger, but it was it was just too real. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And now you know you it's 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 normal now. It's you know everybody's like yeah yeah you know um I, I'd wear that. It's you know it's explaining what's happening. It's like yeah this. This design is, you know, as old as you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or if not older. Someone's Twenty years old. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I also like the idea that, despite the fact that it was frowned upon, despite the fact that it, you know, people ask me, "Am I on drugs?" Am I like you're asking a fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year old kid <laughs> if they're doing acid, and the answer is yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you know, it, that was always the response to the, my artwork, even when I was like ten. And I'm like, yeah. do my parents look like the type of people who would let me like do psychotropic <laughs> drugs? No, I just, you know, but, yeah. but it doesn't matter when you arrive. The point is, in fact, you are here. So it doesn't matter that it happened back then. It doesn't matter that I can, I can kind of sound a little bitter about, you know, not being taken seriously enough that none of that matters. The point is, is that it's still there and I can still use it and I can still tap into it. And it, for me, it's so humbling and, and it is vindicating 
to see people have that response, that reaction. Do you know how many people take photos of that, that picture when it's printed on the sign and I'm walking around with it? People stare at it. And because, uh, you know, you don't have you do have heavy hitting imagery. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. But you do not have illustrations at local Suffolk County mm-hmm. protests that are that are like that. I've seen some great signs and I've seen some yeah. great messages being out there. But gut shot messages, gut shot images. I have had I've walked past cops that have looked at that image and had a visceral response to it. Yeah, yeah. Because but it's real. I didn't have but to draw. Happening. I did not have to draw a police officer as a farm animal. I did not have to draw anger. I didn't have to draw anything. The image is simple. It's alone. This person is is dead, and they are handcuffed. You do not need to know more. The only thing that yeah. that is, it, I think the, the the image is called Streetlight Confession, and. It's it's literally it's like street fight street light confessional or something. It was you know I was yeah. weird. I used to come up with weird titles for my yeah, my, no, but it, it, my it art. Works. Yeah. But it, it was it was the fact that it was a spotlight, and it was a street light that given the spotlight of this 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 person you know laying yeah. there being shot in the head who was already clearly uh, handcuffed. It it was it was to invoke a lot of imagery. Like the idea of the the Vietnam the Vietnam image where the the man is being executed on camera shot in the head you know yeah. that there's an aftermath to that there's an aftermath to everything and it's it's solitary it's left alone and it's it's sad the image is really sad like I look at it it's haunting it's haunting even yeah when when I when Ahmaud Arbery had passed I did the same or was was executed I was I had the same like it popped in my head. I was like, my God, that thing, that that, yeah, that yeah. image, it's still there, you know. Yeah. And there's heavier images I've drawn, they, they, you, wilder stuff that I've drawn, but that that one image, as simple and solitary as it is, has has carried me. <laughs> yeah, man. No, man. I, decades. I, yeah, man. It's powerful, man. I remember when you showed it to me the first time years years ago. Yeah. I remember you? Yeah. Yeah. But um. So yeah, there's there's two more things. Sure. Um, so. What are you up to now, man? I mean, I know you. I, I know what you're up to, but um, <laughs> it's kind of it's you know kind of a, you know slight, slightly similar, but also different. But I think it, you know I remember when you told me that you're going to uh, do what you're doing now as as a you know as as a career. Yes. Um, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I I I I know you could do it, but it was definitely <laughs> something else. So, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, yeah. It so, diverted from. Everything that you've known about me so far, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know the funny thing is, is a lot in a lot of ways there were people like when when Jeff Baptiste came to me, and he you know oh, let's let's let the cat out of the bag. I, I instead of just being a regular illustrator and um, a sculptor and and all the other things that I've I've uh, tried in my in my and still practice to this day, I decided to take on tattooing on top of it. Um, but there were people like Jeff Baptiste who came to me and he said, man, he was like, I'm finally getting a tattoo because man, the loyalty of Jeff Baptiste is legendary. Like he is, he is, he is just that guy, you know, you cannot, he'll be be a guest as well. He'll be a guest. Oh yeah, absolutely. And another person, everybody's going to have a lot of fun hearing because you think (laughs) I can tell stories. Just wait until Jeff starts telling stories. Yeah. But you know, he's, 
the loyalty of of Jeff is just something that is is astounding. Like uh, you just you're in awe of it. I am forever in awe of that man. Um, but he was like, I was I was waiting to get a tattoo from you. He was like, I knew that this is where you were going to end up. Like you not end up, but I knew this was a, a, yeah. an avenue that you were going to take eventually, and yeah, I was yeah. waiting for you. So that was like really like wildly humbling and and like yeah. kind of like wow. You know what? He's right. When I was a kid, I used to get in trouble because I used to draw all over myself. I used to draw a tribal all over my arms, <laughs> and you get yelled at at school and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. So like it's it's to me in the aftermath and and the, the the hindsight of it, it's not surprising that I, I took this route. But so basically, I do that, but I still design toys. I still have the the love of of sculpture. Yeah, amazing. Like your um, Terminator uh, Stormtrooper mashup, man. I mean, yeah, that's a lot of. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun, and it and it that was born out of um, uh, a friend of mine giving me the Terminator skull from. It was like from Loot Crate or something, and he goes to me. It's my friend Rick. He goes. He goes. Do you think you could do anything with this? Like, if you were to do something with this, how would you customize this? And I look at it and I go, Well, I don't know, Rick. I mean, what I would do, I, I would put LEDs in its eyes. Because he wanted some insight. Because he was like, maybe I'll do something like this. I said, okay, well, if you want to know what I would do, I would put LEDs in its eyes. I maybe like paint it like rust colored, like it, it, it seen some damage and stuff. And he was like, you know what? That sounds too complex. Here, you can have the skull. Take it. And if you ever do anything with it, you know, let me know. Let me see it. So it went on the shelf in the back of the shop. I have a small studio in the back of the tattoo shop. Um, and at one point, I remember I was cleaning up and rearranging things, and I had this little DIY Stormtrooper helmet. It's just a, a little white vinyl helmet that they give you markers with, and you can paint it. And I was like, you know what? One of these days, maybe I'll paint one of these guys. And I put them on the shelf next to each other, completely accidental. And one of those eureka <laughs> moments, I look at them, I'm like, yeah. what? Th that would fit inside of that. Like, <laughs> perfectly to scale. Let's yeah. see and I end up cutting this thing up and putting it together, and it's it, it now it's this fun little piece that I've actually sold a handful of them. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, people. Yeah, dude, it's awesome, man. Thank you. There's there's actually one gentleman. This and again, everybody from Brentwood, friends and family. <laughs> they're they're my family. You guys are my family. Um, this guy, uh, John Camacho. His, he buys mm -hmm. one of every time I make one, and, and he awesome. makes me he makes me make different ones, and and like that's so cool. He <laughs> inspires me to do stuff. He's he's a great friend to have. He's a great friend to have. Like I, you yeah. know, a lot of people. I think a lot of my friends they 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 go out of their way to just be like, what can you do with this? And like challenge mm -hmm. me. Like how yeah, how do you yeah. draw this? I, why don't you why don't you do that? And that's where my inspiration comes from. I have a ton of people who are muses to me that will call me up and be like, "Yo, Phil, do this." And I'm or you like, "Phil, <laughs> I don't think you could do this." And I'm like, "Yeah, watch this." And watch this. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, um, we're, we're taking that in a whole different direction in the next um, couple of months. I have um, I will be learning uh, ZBrush. Which is a digital okay. sculpting program, mm -hmm. and yeah, yep, for games, yeah. It, it it takes a little while to get the hang of it, but I, I I've managed to to have another friend of mine build me a PC that's pretty powerful that can handle it. Um, but I went back to John and I told him what my idea was because he was like, "Dude, the sky's the limit. Let's make Mandalorian ones. Let's make Boba Fett. Let's make this. He, let's make that. <laughs> let's make Optimus Prime, which came off of um him." 
because he's a big he's a big Transformers fan. But then okay. Chris Nolte started hitting me up with yep. photographs of this, and then other people started hitting me. And I was like, he's gonna be a guest too. Chris is gonna be a guest as well. Yeah, got oh great, as well. great. Yeah. Uh, another person. <laughs> so many people you're gonna have, dude. On man, the that's show. why I had this podcast. I was like, dude, I know too many fucking cool people. Yeah, and, and you know, you think I went over? <laughs> I think it's gonna be. I think what it's gonna be. The challenge is gonna be who can have the shortest. Yeah. The shortest one because I'm I'm already like take I'm like setting the high score right now. Um, but you know with John he's like he's like, dude man he's like I know a guy who scans car parts. He was like we don't because I was telling everybody I was like you know I I I I got lucky with this these two elements working in in concert with each other so well. So um, I don't want to sculpt. A Boba Fett helmet. I don't want to sculpt a, a, a Optimus Prime head because there are like, especially when you're doing hard surface sculpting, there's there's all these like elements and things that can happen. There's there's um, mm-hmm. you know, I prefer when I try to create a product, especially a product that I already have like in circulation. I always try to do a, a mass production run, and when I say mass production, okay. I say like ten. Because yeah, it, yeah. it's nice because other people want it. And it, instead of it just going to one person, it goes to 10 people mm-hmm. and 10 people are yeah. happy. And, and now I have mm-hmm. enough money to make more of something else. And, and it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's snowballs. So now he's like, no, dude, we can, we can, we can scan the, the, the original Stormtrooper helmet that you made for me that, that I purchased. And all the, I don't have to sit there and do a lot of... Um, uh, customizing because each one is very oh, okay. handmade but i would like it to be as much as everybody enjoys the handmade element of it i would like it to be very uniform because then when you yeah. make 10 of them and you sell it to people they, they're getting the same thing every time i would love yeah. to have everybody have the same sense of quality because I, ne- yep. I never liked it when you would buy a toy back in the 80s and you would look at the back <laughs> of the, the back of the card of the toy or you'd see it in a magazine and it says product shown is does not match the, the product yeah, that you buy that's right that has always drove me up a, a wall in my entire yeah. life so my that's my right. my, yeah. my one of my goals in the back of my head has always been to to bridge that gap and a lot of people mm-hmm. do it like there's a, the way toys are made now absolutely a lot of people mm-hmm. that what you see is what you get that's it yeah okay. i personally just use that as a as a a, a form of measurement when I try mm-hmm. to create something to, to that I'm, i plan on selling to people so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of um products and, and projects on the horizon that again i will be changing direction and and all this mm-hmm. other stuff but certain things remain like so yes i still illustrate currently uh i am doing a, a branding for a whiskey company yeah, yeah 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 which i think you would find very interesting um the the company is called fear city spirits company mm-hmm. now it's based on a 1973 I want to say 76 or 73 um, ad campaign in New York City where they were going to lay off a ton of police officers. And their retaliation was to hand out these flyers as people entered New York City through the toll booths and stuff like that, that drastically, um, drastically uh, overcompensated what crime was like in new york city in a way oh, to scare people <laughs> you know stuff that you never heard of yeah and yeah. i told a friend of mine about it and he was like oh yeah uh, that's around the death wish time of of new york city where they 
even in, in movies, they made it seem like New York City was so dangerous to be in. And don't get me wrong, New York City was dangerous. I mean, you, yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember. You, I you remember take the, the, 80s, the yeah. subways, you were taking your life in your hands. Um, yeah. But they exaggerated mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. violence to instill. It, it was a terror tactic. So it mm-hmm. was, it's so relevant. And I'm so happy that I'm getting this contract to create cool, these, yeah. these images for something that's so relevant now. It's like a, almost like an, almost like an anti-cop uh, or yeah, anti, yeah. like you know, anti-establishment you whiskey yeah. company that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the contract for. So yeah, that's I'm, so cool, I'm still man. doing, I, I do everything, dude. I illustrate I, and people come to me and they're like, can you do this? I'm like, of course I can. And they trust, yeah, yeah. they trust my, my, my vision. So I've been very lucky. I've been very lucky. Yeah, man. Very I mean, lucky. you know, yeah, dude. Um, yeah. So, and I, I remember, I remember the struggles, man. I remember, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, just, yeah, all our talks and it's just so, so cool to see you like flourishing, man. I, Thank I you. you know, at least I, that's, that's, that's what I, how I feel I that you're you. doing. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, yeah, man. So, um, yeah, the last question, I guess, yeah. um, yeah. would be, uh, can you speak? So at, for <laughs> This this uh, podcast is going to be aimed at uh, language learners, uh, yes. English language learners. Yes. Um, yes. So this will all be transcribed, and a lot of the 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 slang and uh, idioms we use sure. are going to be translated, so uh, people can learn from it. Sure. But uh, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to ask everyone. This uh, is the so dreaded question, speak? by the way. Yeah. Go ahead. This is the most <laughs> dreaded <speak>? question. <laughs> Can you speak other languages, even a few words, uh, other than English? Uh, if so, uh, please share. Sure. Um, I, <laughs> okay, so I can tell you everything about my life, right? Like, uh, candidly, <laughs> I've had no problems telling you all types of weird stories about myself. But when it comes to other languages, I have struggled with that. So when I lived in Japan, I learned quite a few things. I, I learned a, a, quite a few phrases that were useful. Um, and yes, I think that's one of the most important po- like portions of this podcast. And I think it's the genius part of your podcast and where I'm going to woefully let you down uh, <laughs> is the fact that, no, I do not speak any of the languages. I rarely, I can barely understand French because I grew up in a, in a household where they mostly spoke French um, okay. because my, my family and my lineage is from Martinique. Um, and, but it, again, it's a patois. So it's, it's, a, it's a slang version of French. It is not, quote unquote, the Queen's English or like proper yeah, English. Mean, yeah. So yeah. yes. And then when I was in Japan, I learned that the amount of slang that everybody uses is, is daunting. Like it's great though. I love how I love Japanese slang because it takes a word and it reduces it to a single consonant, like a single consonant, like almost like a a noise that people make and, and everybody else instantaneously understands it. So I'm jealous of that because we don't have anything in English language that is so, so, um, so user friendly, so Swiss Army knife, so utilitarian. <laughs> you know, we we have to yeah. we have to like explain everything, and we yeah yeah you know. True. So true. the funny thing is, this is where I'm going to let you down is is that no, I cannot speak another language. But I remember that I used to, I used to have these phrases in my vocabulary, and on the last flight back to to the states when I left Japan and I wasn't going to return, um. The first thing people asked me when I got back was, 
well, what Japanese did you learn? And I feel like in that flight on the way back, I like de <laughs> like debriefed myself on Japan, and I like I no longer I, I didn't like have men, it in me. The, the men in black, the men in yeah. black. Yeah, gonna... and it, it, it's it's so frustrating because I remember, and this is I'm gonna start like really slaughtering Japanese phrases. That's and, all good, but and, go for it. And man. I, I, is... I, I I hope it makes it makes your your listeners laugh because uh um I used to get into bowing. Um, contests with people at, at, at places, you yeah, know, because you yeah, bow, yeah, they yeah. bow more. Um, so, domogato uh, gozaimasu, um, Oh, my favorite, favorite phrase in Japanese. Absolutely favorite, to the point where people got mad at me because I would use it all the time when I would get into a car. Um, you know, let's go. Ikimashou, yeah. ikimashou, yeah. like, <laughs> dude, that is such a powerful phrase and such a like an energizing phrase. I, it I is, love it. it. Ikimashou, like we can do this. Like, yo, I feel like if we started chanting ikimashou at, at like um at at protests and yeah, doing yeah, the Maori the Maori like dance at the same time, we will we will conquer any sort of civil rights problems that we're having instantaneously. I feel like cops would put their guns down. They would join us in the dance, and they would get empowered to to be like, "Yes, let's go. Life can be good. Life can be good." Ikimashou, yeah, ikimashou. you know, like <laughs> so. Yeah, um, that that's my that's my phrases. Um, I I know how to I know how to curse in in French pretty proficiently. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Oh, uh, there there was one that this is when 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 I was a kid. This is how you knew you were in trouble. Like you were in trouble. Like so, you were getting you were getting a beaten. You were getting that island beaten. <laughs> um, it's gonna take me a second to conjure it, but uh, it was. Oh, how do you say this? Now I got all I all I can hear in my head is my show. Fuck my show. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> but um, no, uh, it is to the merdala. Oh, it was like shit or something? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. super, super motherfucker shit is like, <laughs> and you knew it was game on. Like, the belt was coming out, like, the Kool-Aid spoon, the, you know, the, slipper, the man, chancla the was going to yeah. fly, and yo, like, for real, like, yeah, 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 that, and it, and it was terrifying because it would only come from three people. It came from mm -hmm. my grandmother who mm -hmm. never really beat us as much as my my father's mother. My mother's mother, she she would punish the hell out of us. Like, you're going to stand yeah. in that corner, and you're going to stand there all day. And sometimes she, <laughs> she'd, like, spank you a little bit. But the yeah. beatings that would come from, like, uh, like my, my father's mother or my parents <laughs> or my grandfather were, like, legendary. Like, you knew yeah, yeah. you knew you screwed up when they were going <laughs> to lay hands on you. Like, crap, I don't oh, know if I had just yeah. not done that one thing. Um Iki my show. I used it as a, as a derogatory term. Uh, yeah. uh, like, like, why did I screw up? Iki my show. Um, but no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was that was that was a, a very powerful phrase. Um, so yeah, I, I I do struggle with language, but I I it, I think a lot of that has to do with everybody learns differently, and mm -hmm. if you have a if you have a need and a want and a love for learning a language, you will learn that language. Yeah, yeah, I guess you can similar to your artwork, right? Yeah, yeah, through practice and, and all that. But again, I think that's why what you're doing is so important is that you're you're allowing people to hear the voice of a multitude of people speaking a multitude of different ways 
and applying a slang to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In casual still, conversation. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think yeah. That's, that's very that's important. The, that's the yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, Phil, man, thank you. Oh, so Phil, much. Anytime, man. dude. Yeah, anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, yeah, man, this is gonna be great. Um, and um, yeah, just uh, lastly, like if people want to uh, contact you mm-hmm. for, you know, um, or there's like a website or something, you know, you have to give like your personal information or anything. Sure, but, sure. Um, yeah, where, where where can people see your artwork or the or, the, um, the best yeah. way of contact artwork, um, things like that? Even though I'm really bad at posting on it, is Instagram, um, a and it's egg. Uh, E-G-G underscore, uh, let me double check. I think it's P-H-I-L, um, P-H-I-L underscore Young, Y-O-U-N-G. Um, very much like, uh, the, the, um, the Chinese, the American Chinese, uh, dinner course called, uh, Egg Fu Young, you know, um, (laughs) very similar. Uh, but, um, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'll, I'll put it in, in the show description. Sure, you know, sure. follow you there. Sure. All right, dude, man. Thank you. You're one of my heroes. That oh, dude, thank you. You're my hero, and, dude. Um, thank you. <laughs> You're my hero. Thanks, dude. All right. All right. All right peace out. Thank you. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep on talking. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I wanted to, to let yeah. you do your, your outro yeah. <laughs> and things yeah. like that, but yeah, yeah, we can keep talking. Yeah, this, this is the outro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sayonara 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 Sayonara